Hi, I'm Joanne Dicknair, Meemaw, with It's Storytime, Meemaw, an answered prayer for stories that point children to God on the Truth Network for Kids. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Thirsty today on the Christian Car Guy Show. I know that's a little unusual title, but I think you'll you'll understand as we go through this that that bloodthirsty is a condition that I don't know how much you've ever considered it. But as I've been considering it this week, um, and of course you can hear the contrast between bloodthirsty, everybody's eyes on me, versus the Hollies with you know he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And, and specifically, I wanted you to hear that, right? That to an extent, we are his keeper. And wow, how does that fit in? Well, I, I thought to just let me give you the contrast that Habakkuk put me on, okay? Or God put me on through Habakkuk. If you look carefully at what is said when Cain slew Abel, right? Here you got the tragic, tragic thing comes right out of the book of Genesis in chapter 4. And Cain has just slewn his, sl- killed his brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So listen to what he tells God, which is interesting to me that God has a discussion with him right afterwards, right? And, and Cain says this, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the, thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me will slay me. You see, as Cain slew, well, first of all, he lost faith in God because he didn't get the cred that he wanted, right? And then he lost faith in his brother. In fact, he lost such faith that he actually killed him. But then what happened is he took a new step down in the faith spectrum because now he had faith in nobody. And if you begin to think about what hell might be like, 
when you think that every single person is out to get you because you have no faith. You have no faith in anybody. Everybody's out to get you. It's a horrible place. And so you get the idea. I get the creeps. Everyone's eyes on me, bloodthirsty, right? So if you contrast what, what, what God is teaching is the righteous will live by faith in the book of Habakkuk. And you listen to these verses now in the way that, that they come to you from Habakkuk, right? Something that <clears throat> I didn't necessarily study a whole lot before this last month or so. The grandfather shaking so, hands and failing sight made eating difficult. Um, never mind. <laughs> anyway, here comes Habakkuk. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not right in him. That's the beginning of the famous verse, but the righteous shall live by faith. In other words, listen to the contrast of where pride is versus the guy who lives by faith. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up and is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And then the next verse, listen to this. Yea, also, because he transgresseth by wine, which is blood actually, he is a proud man, neither keepeth he at home. You remember the vagabond thing? Well, how, how are you going to feel safe anywhere if you think everybody's out to get you? Who enlarges his desire as hell and his death cannot be satisfied, but gathered unto all him, him all nations, and he that heapeth up unto him all people. In other words, as that paranoia goes deeper and deeper and deeper that you think everyone is out to get you, you get Adolf Hitler, you get a Stalin, you get genocide, okay? And so... That's like beyond horrible, but think how horrible that is as people come out of atheism and the more they lose faith in God, the more they lose faith in their brother. The, the downward spirals, unbelievable. Let's go back the other direction because I don't like that direction, okay? Because Jesus actually taught that if we even call our brother a fool, right, that, that we're murdering them. And so when you think about it, if you start talking about your brother the next thing you know, you're starting looking over your shoulder. I wonder if they're talking about me, right? Paranoia sets in, right? You start to lose faith. The more you talk about people, the more you will talk about people. And it goes on and on and on and on until you turn it around and you begin to see that it's by grace through faith, okay? Grace means that person is your favorite, like God is, you know, he got you. Like God, Jesus died for him and through faith, faith in your brother, right? By believing that he's your favorite, right? Then all of a sudden, all new sorts of wonderful things open up. Just think about this for a minute. The word Adam, which by the way, is the word for people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Adam is the way you would pronounce people. Well, that ah sound is the letter Aleph, which means the father, Abraham, Adam, Adonai, they all start with Aleph because it has to do with the father. Well, the second part of the word, Adam, is Dom, and Dom is blood, okay? Dom in Hebrew is blood. So what we're talking about is the father's blood. So when you're looking across the mic at Jerry like I am right this minute, I'm looking at the father's blood. He's got Adam's blood in him. He's got Noah's blood in him. He's got God's blood in him, and so... Shouldn't we have, I mean, let's think about, you know, he's, he's got great blood. He, I mean, not only that, Jesus died for him, the ultimate 
right reason that we're bloodthirsty is because Jesus gave us a covenant in his blood, right? That we would take this cup will be a new covenant in my blood. And so it's really a cool thing when you turn this backwards the way that God intended us to see, look, here's how horrible it is when you have no faith. But now go back to the other direction and maybe you can remember, and that's the whole purpose of this show right now, is maybe you can remember when somebody had faith in you when nobody else did. Like an example that jumps out at me is when I was in sixth grade the second time. (laughs) The reason I was in sixth grade the second time is because I really struggled with math. And interestingly, it was a math teacher that called me out. And she, she's talking to me, right? Because I'm the one that's the problem. I mean, I'm the one that my thinking, I have stinking thinking. I think I can't cut it. I think I'm stupid, right? And she says, and at the time I went by a different name, but so I'll use Robbie so that I don't confuse anybody. She's like, Robbie, you are so smart. You can put things together like nobody I've ever seen. And, and when you begin to see the light come on with this math that I'm showing you, you're going to be amazed at how much fun it is. And, and, and that statement changed around my scholastic career to where I really, really was a DNF student, my mother would tell you, <laughs> to a straight A student. Why? Because one person, one person, right? called me out, and and she had what? Grace. I was her favorite. It was clear. <laughs> well, who chose you? That's, that's what I, those are the stories. You see, when people call you because they have faith in you, they, they, they are your, those are the things that changed lives, man. 866-348-7884. Was it a basketball coach? Was it a, a you know, a, a teacher? Was it a college professor, who was it? Was it, you know, somebody in your Sunday school class? Who was that that all of a sudden just said, hey, you have what it takes, man. You you really have got some gifts, and they chose you for their team. Yeah, Robbie, you're telling that story about sixth-grade math teacher. You know, we're humans, and and the thing is, when somebody shows that they have faith in us and, and believe in us, then what really changes is we start believing in ourselves. And, you know, that that's as you are going through the progression of that, I think about, you know, what how God looks at us. And if we can just look at others the same way God looks at us through the grace and 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 I love I love Robbie. I love that guy. And it may be somebody I don't love, but if because I know that when God looks at me, there's a lot of times there's a lot a lot of opportunities for him not to love me. Right. Changes. <laughs> Changes in a hurry. <laughs> What's your story? 866-348-7884. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Uh, 
bloodthirsty today on the Christian Car Guy show. And the idea of that actually uh, is that you don't get the creeps, right? That, that actually you have a way through what Christ did to cover all that stuff. Right. So that 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 you can begin to because he had that kind of faith in you to die on the cross that he's giving you this covenant that you can then begin to have faith and rest. Right. That, you know, I'd love what I think it was Nikki Cruz. I'm trying to remember his name in the in the cross and the switchblade. You know, he was there in the in the in the alley with the guy with the switchblade. And he said, you may cut me up in pieces, but every piece that you cut me up will love you. Right. And, and that's that that whole idea of of like unbelievable grace that it turned the guy around and that 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 was the cross and the switchblade. I don't know if you were familiar with that story, but it's completely the point that when you think that that person, you know, there's no hope. It's exactly when you when you think go back to the fact that wait a minute, they have Adam's blood. They they have the father's blood. They they have God in them. I promise he's in there like Prego spaghetti sauce. So we have Ann Alt is in Huntersville. She's got a story for us. And you're on the Christian Car Guy show. So good to have you. Hi there. So far, so wonderful. Oh. <laughs> well, it was a little different than my normal opening, but I. I, can, I, I really I can't hear you, Robbie. I. Uh, oh, I said it was a little different than my normal opening. Did you hear that? Yeah. Um, thirsty. Uh, I, I, for some reason, you're you're very faint, and I'm echoing to myself, so uh, I, I can't. I can hardly hear you. Oh, our phones do crazy things. Well, just tell us your your teacher story. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, my dad was in the Air Force, and um, I was. I think a lot of uh, the you know it was a lot of the reason that I was very shy by the time I was in sixth grade. You know. And uh, you just, you know, in terms of having faith in me when nobody else did, my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Gra- Brown, he was so wonderful. <laughs> you know, uh, he he just took pity on me. And I remember, you know, he would have me read out loud in front of the class. And they apparently saw that I had a gift that way. And um, But I was so shy and it made such a difference. He had me read The Littlest Angel to our, our class at Christmas time. And I discovered this power. I felt the gift, you know, and other folks too. But Mr. other folks, you know, through the years, it makes such a difference when you just say an encouraging word to somebody. But it was so funny because like at school dances, we would have, you know, these little school dances in the sixth grade. And he he instructed Norman Gardner and Bill Roy Bobo, to, and that was actually his name, to to made them dance with me. <laughs> so he was, um, you know, it was just it was just a a turning point in my life in terms of realizing that I had a gift because of Mr. Brown. And that's spectacular. I can't I'm, hear you. I said, "Isn't that spectacular?" It just it blows me away how God sends these father figures into our life or mother figures, whatever they may be, to to show that we that, that He made us and and to to build us up in a, in a way that literally changes things totally around. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for your call today, Anne. 
And for all that you do for Christian Car Guy Theater, you saw the new script? I can't hear that last thing you said. I said, did you see the new script? Yes, I did. And I'm going to be working on it. I can tell it needs, uh, you know, to be made a little bit more, you know, because of the high English. But, oh, it's what an honor to be doing Pilgrim's Progress, only Plymouth's Progress for Christian Car Guy Theater. <laughs> it's, it's just, and we're like two-thirds of the way through Plymouth's Progress now. I know it's exciting. Well, thank you for your call so much. God bless. Bless you guys. Bye-bye. Have a great day. So what was your story, right? When, what, what was the turnaround, that person that stepped up and chose you, right, to, to read in front of the class? Can you imagine um, a young Ann Alder end up being a Hollywood actress? You know, she's, she's and did you notice her memory that she remembered the littlest thing? She knew exactly what she'd read. Yeah. You know, you sit there, and when she said that, they had pity on her. And that's that's my every year, my school years. Thank goodness they had pity on me. <laughs> so we need, we need your, you have no idea how you might encourage somebody else. But again, that the whole idea of this, I, I, I hope you see, is that, wow, we all have that ability. Every one of us can have faith in that person that nobody else is seeing, that they have gifts, they have abilities, they have all this stuff. And if, if we can see God's glory and we can call them out, it makes such a difference, Jerry. Oh, absolutely. Well, you think of Anne's story, okay? That took somebody who saw something in her and encouraged her and gave her confidence, and look what it unfolded to. I mean, as you said, uh, Hollywood, actors, um, voiceover, oh. I mean, you name it, has done it all. Uh uh, Christian Carr Theater. I mean, she has done it all. I mean, that's <laughs> right. And and you know what? What changed the projection for you was all of a sudden somebody said, "Oh, Robbie, you can do this. I got faith in you. You can do it." Then all of a sudden, you think, "You know what? I can do this." But you know, the other side of that is how many people are in our path that we have the opportunity to do the same thing that right. maybe maybe in Hollywood in ten years, but aren't because we didn't encourage them or maybe behind the mic at uh christian car got radio truth <laughs> broadcasting yeah, and right. robbie is and that you know what god will, uh god has a plan but sometimes we are part of the plan right right so you know other people that that jumped out at me as i was just going through my list and we're hoping you'll go through your list and call us at 866-348-7884 as i had a basketball coach Right? Here was this six foot five. I weighed 120 pounds. You, you did not want to see this. It was not pretty. But anyway, we'll get to that story and yours when we come back. 866-34-TRUTH. Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Blood 
thirsty today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And, you know, you may wonder, Robbie, what does this have to do with the car business? It has a ton to do with the car business. One of, one of the most graphic examples of this, and I hear it every time I, I take a Jesus, not every time, but quite often, when I, when I talk to a Jesus Labor Love applicant, unfortunately, they've lost faith. And you, and you can hear that they've lost faith. Here's how I hear it. Everybody is trying to rip them off. The last 14 people they took their car to is out to get them. Right? You, you know how when you talk to certain people, you can tell that, that they, they don't see anybody where they're safe. And, and they've, lost, they've lost faith. Because actually what happens is we lose faith in everybody. Look at that. Look at that person who's trying to get me, that person. And just like what you heard in that song is really horrible, but I get the creeps. Everyone's looking at me right? That, that I'm the flavor of the week is actually what it said in the beginning of the thing. You know, I was like, man, that's crazy. But the opposite of that is such an amazing thing that you can live by faith. That, that when you begin to have faith in people, well, like, Jerry, what difference does it make when somebody comes into you and they say, man, you guys have fixed my car wonderfully the last 15 times. I know you're going to do it perfectly this time versus that person like, I do not want you to use da-da-da. And you can tell that they don't trust you with a single thing that they what, what does that feel like? Yeah, it, it, you know, it changes everything. I mean, to, to a certain extent because most shops want to do it right and properly and are going to. And when somebody comes in, I mean, we have, I have to say, I have a great customer base. I mean, there's with the issues we've had with supply chain and getting parts, and there's still parts out there you can't get, and labor shortage and everything else, there's people who are willing to to schedule their car if it's drivable three months out. And, you know, I hate even asking people to do that, but it's just a necessity. But it also gives you some, I mean, you get pride in the fact that they trust you enough that I'm going to wait till you can get it in and I understand and, and work with us. I mean, all right, and it's ninety five percent of the people do. It's grace, yeah. right there. You're their favorite body shop. I mean, I, you can't beat that, right? Yeah. And and you love it when people listen to your radio show because you're their favorite. You know, like man, when people tell me they they listen, you know, it it, it lights up my world because you know, obviously, like you, I, I invest a lot of time and stuff to, to to get this. So getting back to our hero, the basketball player. Okay, six foot five, one hundred and twenty five pounds. My inseam was 36 inches my waist was 28 the only pants my mother could find anywhere to fit me were bright yellow thus i got the name banana pants just saying so (laughs) so this this horrible picture of this guy that man i tripped over my own two feet no matter what i did so this basketball coach of course he was hoping he could make something out of me because i was certainly tall enough to get some rebounds and stuff like that but Man, I had these little bitty feet, and I tripped every two feet, and da 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 da. But I, I can remember this coach. He, oh, he worked with me. Robbie, you're gonna be great, man. Just stand under the basket. I'm gonna get you the ball. Da 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 da. da. And then when, it, you know, he he just kept number one. He picked me for his team, right? But then he kept telling me, "You're gonna be great. You're gonna be great." And then I'll never ever forget because all I remember is tripping up and down the court quite often. One day, the point guard. You know, the, the coach wanted to take me out to rest me or whatever the situation I was in the game. And the point guard looked at him and he said, oh, you can't get, take out Dillmore. We need him. I've never forgotten that statement. I, I've never forgotten it 
because it was like, yeah, because I'd been from this plate of, of where I thought I was the worst basketball player there ever was. Might have been, but nonetheless, when your team needs you and they and they express that to you, it makes all the difference in the world, right? And so, again, the point is, who did that in your life and how can we do that in other people's lives? 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. How about you, Jerry? Well, I don't know which way I would, which way I would start at. I mean, I can go back to playing ball and, and having a coach that times when you felt down on yourself and everybody knows me back in the day. I love to shoot, and I'd go out there and miss five in a row, so I'm ready to put my head down and just keep shooting. You know, and as, as I progress through life and stuff, it's just always somebody there, and, and, and that's what, what we're supposed to do. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward all the way to probably when I realized leadership inside the church. As I, there was a time when I was a deacon at Pinedale, and, and – some of the elders would want me to step up as an elder, and I kept saying, "You know, that's not me. I'm not. I'm not qualified for that. I. I don't have the heart for that. It's just. That's just not me." But that kept getting encouraged. So it took about two years, with with God pulling on me and and their encouragement, that all of a sudden I realized, you know what, I'm gonna step out because if they got enough faith in me and I feel like God's gonna equip me, I did, and and oh, just years of blessings is unbelievable. And even to, I'm going to step back also another time because I'm sitting in the studio with Robbie this morning. When I started coming up and helping Robbie, it was like, you know, I don't have time for that. And But then when I start hearing the feedback from the show and Robbie's encouragement, Stu's encouragement, you know what, this is, you know what, I can, I can, I can sacrifice that time for that because it gives you that confidence. And there's always people in our lives that are doing that. And we, and I go back to, we have that opportunity to be that in other people's lives. And sometimes that's, in my mind, that's more important to recognize that than sometimes the ones that were that in your life, that we have that opportunity. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, I, we'll find out in heaven where, where that fit in. But, but clearly, you know, everybody has all kinds of opportunities to hear what they're not good at. <laughs> and everybody hears plenty of opportunities of what they're going to do. But to actually have somebody come in and say, man, I know you're working. You're, you, you know, you're putting everything into this. And I, I love to see your heart in that. You know, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. So speaking of somebody who puts their heart in everything, and I can tell you from personal experience that Sarah Linda is on the phone and she has a song for us. So I know we don't want to miss this. So Sarah Linda, you're on the Christian Car Guy show. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, well, I don't know. If, oh, oh, wait, it's still on in the, I thought I turned it off. But, yeah. Oh, there, it's off. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I knew there was a whole lot of stuff. In the background. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm a. I well, I I woke up and I was. I think I was half asleep when you know my daughter came in and it was seven o'clock and I thought, oh. oh. <laughs> I'm glad. I am glad. <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, it, well, I started the song and it was about you know I'd written a little uh, in writing class uh, uh, when I was much older. I, uh, they had a uh, where are you you know writing uh, it was about 
what happened. I had a, a, a writing that I wrote about uh, lost and found in, in the first grade. Uh, lost, oh well, never lost and found in school. <laughs> it, it, so here I started my song this morning. It was my second grade teacher. I'm not going to sing it, but it was my second grade teacher. She was a mother figure for me, for my my own mother who was mad at God. With her, I knew I couldn't be free to share the song God had given me. And through the first grade on the school bus, I knew what discrimination was, and that's where I left off. But, <laughs> you know, I write it as it goes, but so I'll tell you the rest of it. And that discrimination, I, we were from the farming community, I, I was, and... Uh, uh, but we were close to where the school bus uh, turned the corner for another for the other district, and because it was so close, my folks, you know, had me go on that bus. But uh, we didn't have one in our neighborhood, so it, it, we were a farming community. I think I just told you, but <laughs> okay. I'm a little excited, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, when I got on the bus, I, I felt I heard for the first time I would, uh, saw what discrimination. I, there was hatred and anger and for, because my folks had this chicken industry that they, it was pretty large. And uh, uh, so a lot of the men folk in, in the neighboring district they were in the hill country, and they were railroad workers and miners and lumber folks, and they'd been hit during the Depression hard. So, oh, that's right. You grew up at that time. Well, well Sarah Linda, we work for my dad. And mom. We we got to go to a break, Sarah Linda. But oh, we're, yeah, I'm very okay. interested to know um, how that how that played out on the school bus when you were in first grade. So, again, the opposite of of Grace. We'll be right back with your stories. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Thursday today on the Christian Car Guys show, specifically how, right, did somebody turn your situation around to where they, that you began to have faith in yourself, or maybe you began to have faith in other people, how that, that worked, that by them choosing you, you then began to realize how important, you know, and how wonderful it is to live by faith, but essentially faith in God first, and then, and then, then faith in others, and so when we left our hero, um, Sarah Linda, she was talking about discrimination, which, uh, you know, is obviously disgraceful, right? That here's people choosing you to, be, you know, essentially as the bad guy when they don't even know you. And so yeah. since you were a chicken farmer and your family appeared to not be uh, suffering through the depression and they weren't, you weren't starving to death and whatever, like a lot of them were, 
right? They're, 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 how did they treat you? What was that? What did that feel like for a young Sarah Linda in first grade who already had her own struggles, right? Well, it, it was so much it gave me deathly night nightmares uh, of rising high to the sky. <laughs> Uh, above the well, anyway, I started to finish. I'll just talk it now. That's <laughs> not, good. Not to uh, give you the rest of the poem. I can do that later. So much it gave me deathly nightmares of rising high to escape uh, the the bus. You know, as it were. You know, getting out of class, going home. Uh, I uh, I've got these nightmares, and my dad would walk with me. My mom was usually too tired from helping to work with the, the business. It was a rather large chicken industry. But anyway, out in the, you know, in the farming country. But anyway, uh, I'd, I'd get, I had these nightmares, and my dad would walk with me and calm me down but just so I could sleep. But I couldn't read by the end of the first first grade. And, and uh, uh, a neighbor lady who sold milk to my folks. Uh, anyway, she offered to teach me, and and through her, I came to the Lord, and and He became my best friend forever. <laughs> wow, isn't that and amazing? So there. essentially, the this discrimination that that took place um, yes, caused these it, horrible it, it, nightmares, yeah. looking to fly high in the sky to find relief. And God yeah. sent this neighbor lady who would actually show you where real relief would come from, real faith. Yeah, that summer, I uh, she taught me she taught me through Bible stories, and when she said, "For God so," she, the one phrase, "For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would never die." <laughs> you like that? And so I remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. The Lord at her. Uh, side uh, and but that I knew I couldn't give tell my folks especially my mom I uh, and uh, anyway because my my dad was at the time an, an atheist, a militant atheist but he uh, he well anyway that's another story which I'm writing but uh, but he, he he had a wonderful father's heart and uh, uh, he walked with me and like I said it calmed me down but uh, anyway. I received the Lord, and and He was with me, and and, and I, this teacher, uh, she brought me into the. I was able to talk with her and tell, give her my song. I had a song, and so she, one recess, she walked with me to the upper grade. It was two, two grade, you know, two rooms schoolhouse. But anyway, she walked with me where the piano was and uh, wrote, uh, played that song for me. So, and I felt in class, I felt I was homeless because I had a wonderful teacher that. that she right. She, she, you were her favorite, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did she write the, I got to know, did she write the music for your song or did you, was, it, was your music in the, in the, in the, in the song that you wrote? I, I, I told her, I, I sang the song to her, and she went up to the, went to, took me at recess, you know, and the kids were all outside, and I remember even the smell of the, you know, those old, of the 
flooring and everything. I remember that. What a wonderful moment. She, she, I went to the upper grade room and she played. I sang the song with her and she played it for me. Oh and, my goodness! Uh, so she. So what year? What my, what year was this that you were in first grade? I, I it, it, was that. Nineteen thirty four. Right in the heart of the depression. Nineteen thirty four. When when I you know I got, <laughs> I trying to it it was nineteen thirty four, and the depression was in full force. Yeah, my mother was so born in nineteen twenty nine. So you must be a little bit you must be a little older than my mother. Were you born in nineteen twenty eight? Worked there, you know, and uh, they didn't have a good attitude. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your that that is just outstanding today. We're grateful to hear more of your story and how God, right through that teacher, it made all the difference. So yes, thank you, thank you for your and, song. Well, the, 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 the the neighboring community uh, was a where the it was up in the hill you know just the hill started right near our farm and and the neighboring neighborhood had they had railroad workers and miners and uh, forestry workers and so a lot of them had been out of jobs and oh yeah but they had a they had a school bus so our our neighborhood didn't and. Uh, so, because it was so close, my father, my mom, folks sent me there. I understand. And, yeah. Well, thanks again for calling, and God bless you so much. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your story, Sarah Linda, and, and your sharing today. God bless. I guess people aren't hearing me so good today. So, anyway, thank you, Sarah Linda. She's gone. But uh, we have another minute or two. If you want to get yours in real quick, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. I, I can't encourage you enough to go spend a little time in Habakkuk because God took the time with Habakkuk. And actually, Habakkuk stood in a hole according to the way it's taught, to, to say verse one of the second chapter, which is I'm going to go up to my watch and I'm going to stand on my tower and I am going to see what he will answer me and what he will say when he reproves me. So think of the faith that was involved in that. And from what the Jews teach, he dug a hole so that only place he could look is up, right? And he could look in the sky and wait on his watchtower, essentially, he was standing to hear what God would say that because he knew he didn't have it right. And so God told him to take this vision and write it plainly so that he that reads it can run. And so when he wrote this so plainly that the righteous will live by faith, it was such that you wouldn't believe the cross references to that verse. But don't miss the contrast of what happens when you don't have faith, that you end up like those miners and those... Um, forestry workers or whoever that are tearing down the young two, you know, second graders, first graders, like, man, I don't want to be that guy, Jerry. I, w- I want to be the teacher that played the song. Absolutely. You know, the, as you envision that, just looking at the skies, the, the beauty in that is all of a sudden, just, just between you and our Lord and Savior, and cut out the world, cut out all the noise we're hearing, cut out all the worries, all the all, all the, the hate and all the sin in the world. Just you and God. And what does God have him? What what's God's plan for you? Oh, it's so beautiful. So 
we are just absolutely, you know, we know you chose us today. So we're so excited that you did that. And, and, and choose somebody today and, and make a difference in their world, whatever that looks like to encourage them. And then while you're at it, slow down. Remember, Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. And again, we can't be, tell you how much it, we appreciate you listening. This is the Truth Network.